Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need Patrick, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting, Steve. Nick, it's a cup of COVID. How it's you a cup doing? of COVID, and it's a new version of cup of COVID when we're going to do them like within <laughs> the day of them actually going out. So it's a bit more topical because a lot of our previous cup of COVIDs, although they've been um, interesting to do, some, by the time we get them out, sometimes COVID moves so quickly that it's just old history. Exactly. It's, just like, it's like watching Have I Got Old News for You or something. It's something you do is that, when is that you're how you over and there's nothing else to put on the TV. All right. Does that mean does that mean you or I are Ian Hislop? But I don't know sure what that means. Uh, I'm not sure, man. Neither of us. You're <laughs> you're more too closer to the Ian Hislop level of baldness to me. <laughs> That's I'm, true. I'm closer to the uh, Paul Merton um, level of podginess. I think. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, look, Steve, I was just reading about you in university this morning in the newspaper. Oh, really? What have they done now? They've lost two of Darwin's first notebooks he wrote. Did you read this? No, I haven't seen and that. I only realised now in 2020 that they lost them in the year 2000. <laughs> that sounds... <laughs> this is crazy. That sounds, so that basically sounds someone, extremely like my university. Someone came out today and they said they can't find them. And they last saw them in 2000 when they were moved. Someone wanted to photograph them in an external building. And then they hmm. thought they'd misplaced them for 20 years. And occasionally some librarian did a search and couldn't find them. And now they've done some kind of forensic search this year, a fingertip search. Do you know how many kilometres of shelves there are at the Cambridge University Library? Well, just the University Library, because you have to remember, all the colleges have their own library as well. Um, just, Cam just Cambridge University Library, that's the only information I have. How many okay. kilometres of shelving? Oh, I don't know. 10. 200 kilometres of shelving. No, no, and it lot. uses the stat, it's the distance from Cambridge to Southampton, unbelievable. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, yeah. Yeah, so well, they, I, they, I apologise. So they, they, they think they might have been stolen. So there's an Interpol notice out. Two blue notebooks. So keep your eyes peeled, Steve. Yeah, well, I apologise for the ineptitude of my, of my institution, because it does what seem a bit... What were you doing in September 2000? Uh, what was I doing in September 2000? Uh, I think I was going to university for the first time and getting kicked out. It wasn't you. No, no. what might have been. Well, if well, I can't confirm nor deny it. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, Steve, I came across, um, I was alerted to a paper recently because I've told you before, but I've got some um, lockdown sceptic friends. Mm. A couple of people yeah, you've I know are lockdown sceptics. And they periodically push my way um, things which uh, say that lockdown actually lockdown doesn't work so that's one of the contentions lockdown is completely irrelevant you can't stop disease transmission through lockdown okay i mean <laughs> okay i mean just just for again i'm a bit of a lockdown skeptic but not in its efficacy just in whether we should do it like you know uh, I, I but i 100 believe that if everyone stays at home then people don't get viruses as much like that yeah, that, yeah. i mean that's yeah. kind of how viruses work and i mean demonstrably in countries like korea and in australia you know you can where yeah oh. but they yeah, have no, lots of, that. they have the, the thing is with like all of these types of um fringe theories there's loads of intricate arguments which they put forward little details right. and type of things that don't add up so they mash right, them all okay. together into a frenzy of kind of um strangeness which takes you ages to climb through um, because you have to you have to debunk one step at a time kind of yeah yeah and yeah. rather than just thinking well actually look at the big picture here guys i'll yeah. use occam's razor 
right? Just just start with Occam's razor and then work down rather than the other way up. Anyway, Indeed. one of the things they pushed my way was a paper that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, which was about a load Ooh. of military recruits. This came out last week. Did you see this okay. paper? I haven't seen that, but obviously the, the New England Journal of Medicine, very good journal. Very, very good Absolutely. Journal. Top journal has the highest what's called an impact factor. So the, the research published there has arguably the most wide-reaching range and can impact the most fields. Anyway, they locked down these um, recruits. They quarantined them for two weeks before they even went into the military establishment. And even with the two-week quarantine, when they arrived, there were still several of them who had COVID. The thing that the lockdown skeptic people had picked up on was that there was a control group and apparently in the control group you know they had just as much um covid or less covid in fact than in the um in the test group and what they'd inferred from that was well the test group had been locked down but the other group hadn't and this was all over twitter okay mm. lockdown doesn't work because there's these two groups so these people thought that in the control group, they hadn't been locked down, but in the other group, they had been locked down. That wasn't actually the case. They were both locked down, but one group was tested and the other group wasn't tested. And they did some isolation um, processes. They, they isolated okay. people and found they were positive. But what they found was, anyway, regardless of what they did, there was this strict military camp, 14 days lockdown. And then when they arrived, they test them and isolate anyone who has it. They still found, and, and during the process, things were kept meticulously clean. People were ordered not to stand within two metres of each other. You know, yeah, and you'd certainly imagine if anyone could do this, it'd be the military. Exactly. Right? I mean, the, the, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, exactly. a, that's a fair argument. So they did this, and whenever anyone developed symptoms, they were tested, and then they were isolated if they were found to be positive, basically. They wore double masks the whole time. You know, they exercised outside, so there was some interaction, but it was kind of like, you know, they kept all of these social distance. Distance. Yep. Even so, they still found there were tra six transmission clusters dur during this experiment. So even with what's, the, what's the size? Sorry, how many people? There were 1,848 people within the study. Okay, so 1,048. Um, 16 were infected on arrival. They found that with 31 infected um, after a week and there were 51 infected after after two weeks. So even with those strict lockdown measures in place, there were still all of these transmission clusters. It's very interesting. What they didn't find was they found that the most um, likely way in which people were infected was when they were sharing rooms. So these recruits had um, but, two people to a room. Doesn't this, doesn't, this doesn't fight against COVID. It just means that like lockdown measures aren't severe enough or that exactly. people don't follow the rules. That's all it exactly. shows. And also the other thing that it shows as well is that you, you can't, because they were doing symptomatic testing. And what mm. probably you have to do is to do um, Asymptomatic. screening. Asymptomatic. Yeah, screening. Yeah. So as soon as you isolate them, you can... You can um, all of the people um, in the study were asymptomatic. So the vast majority had no symptoms at all. There were only a couple of people who had even the, the slightest symptoms. So it's very prevalent that there was symptomatic transmission. And there's a bit of an argument about this as well at the moment, because a study came out in China saying that there were no transmission amongst asymptomatic people. So okay. there's a bit of a, a bit of a grey area as to whether asymptomatic transmission happens. I think the narrative is that asymptomatic transmission definitely happens. But anyway. It's crazy just delving into this lockdown skeptic. I mean, there's a there's a yeah. website called the American Institute of Economic Economic Research, which you picked up on the article. So I sort of followed a Twitter rabbit hole, um, and basically you look at their article, and the there's a there's a disclaimer on it saying you know it's quite funny. They said in an original um, 
version of this this article um we misstated the conditions of the control group so they clearly had sort of gone into a frenzy, a lather, yeah. a lather of frenzy saying look they didn't look there. Okay. Um, but, but there's loads of these websites and they're all very much um skeptical of it and there's a pervasive theory at the moment as well like the whole covid thing is being over exaggerated so that the world economic forum can um dictate to the world that there's going to be this reset the great reset so there's a whole conspiracy theory sort of built up around it and there's quite prominent in order in to ensure the continuing stability and security we shall create the first galactic empire exactly yeah yeah so um it's just like star wars man they knew it was coming but there's quite a lot of pe prominent people there's all the usual suspects you know people like toby young um a chap called Dellingpole. I don't know whether you've heard of James Dellingpole, prominent right wing. Was he the um, was he the MEP? Well, no, that's Daniel somebody. Yeah, I mean, I always find this it's a bit disappointing when you have these kind of you know um, either you know politically you know left or right people, but they're just so predictably you know what side they're going to fall upon. Like it's just like you don't even have to you know think about it, and that just it's so you know divisive to me because it'd be interesting for people to actually so it's great that people are questioning things i suppose nick right and it's great that data is more more data is available today than any other time and i think actually it's even great that people are looking at data right think about what you know how long has it been in our scientific lives we look at graphs every day but since covid like the prime minister every day basically has been showing a graph right yeah. trying to get people interested in data-based decisions right so actually showing people data so i think yeah maybe people have made the wrong conclusion but i think in general it's a good thing that people are kind of getting involved with the discussion even if I'm, they're wrong i'm not so i mean yeah i'm i'm not so sure i mean i think transparency and openness is everything right but i think that the problem is where people who sit in their armchairs and don't do it every day and are not <laughs> experts think that their voice and weight of opinion is can can and i think you know on some occasions you know there are flaws in what people say and that's certainly true that you can identify the flaws but a lot of the cases people think that they they can analyze the data in a balanced way um with no experience of working with data and that they they're and they're often very confident people so if you look on twitter you'll find there's a chap who's an irish um um guy called um Ivor cummins and he posts kind of um you've got to follow you've got to follow the science you've got to follow the data these people aren't following the data and then he'll post these yeah. videos where he'll go graph graph after graph after graph demonstrating that lockdowns do not work there's nothing in a lockdown mm. lockdowns has never worked but he's very convinced that he's following the data and he's absolutely spot on in what he's saying so you know i think you you wouldn't trust you know your mate to do heart surgery would you so why would you trust some armchair guy in Ireland to to analyze all of this data for you? I just don't get it. It's um, um, it's, it's a whole expert thing. Don't trust experts. <laughs>